Welcome to Catholic Life Every Day. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Catholic Life Every Day. I am thrilled to embark on a new journey with you in our series, Connecting Faith, Empowering Catholic Communicators. I'm John, your host, and today we have an exciting episode focusing on harvesting hope. And I'm joined by two incredible individuals who will guide us through this enriching conversation. First, our theological expert, Tommy Schultz. Tommy, welcome to the show. John, always a pleasure to be here. And I don't know, theological expert makes me sound a little snooty. So maybe let's just say somebody who loves Jesus. <laughs> there we go. Someone that loves Jesus. I'm going to make a note of that for a future episode. Very good. Very good. I, I love that you're here and I'm excited to, to dive into this topic. But we also have with us a communication specialist guru, Beth. Beth, it's great to have you here. Thanks, John. I'm not going to argue with that title. I'll take what I need to get. <laughs> <laughs> I want to lay the theme of this episode is Mark 10, 46, 52. Uh, and you know, Tommy, when I think about how Mark 10, 46, 52 relates to communication, I feel like there's an incredible parallel between uh, Bartholomew's persistence and what we need as communicators to bring hope and meaningful messages. So could you give us some insight into the significance of this passage and in the context of Catholic communication today? Yeah. Should we have Beth read? Beth, do you want to read the Mark 10, 46 through 52? Sure. I'll dive right in. So it starts, they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a sizable crowd, Artemis, a blind man, the son of Timaeus, sat by the roadside begging. On hearing that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he kept calling out all the more, son of David, have pity on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man, saying to him, take courage, get up, he is calling you. He threw aside his cloak, sprang up, and came to Jesus. Jesus said to him in reply, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man replied to him, Master, I want to see. Jesus told him, Go your way, your faith has saved you. Immediately he received his sight and followed him on the way. Yeah, so when we look at Mark 10, 46 through 52, what can we really say about Mark? So Mark was actually written, Mark was not an eyewitness to the events of Jesus, or at least most scholars don't think that he was. He was actually an apostle of Peter. So he was walking around with Peter, listening to Peter, hearing the eyewitness accounts from Peter, and then writing them down. They also believe it was probably written as the first gospel in the early 60s. Um, and there's an urgency to it. So if you read through Mark, it's really great because like, it's very quick. It's very quick. Um, and almost every chapter starts off with, and then immediately, right? So there's an urgency to it. But what's great is it starts off with the proclamation that Jesus is the son of God. So really the two themes we have in Mark are Jesus is the son of God and Jesus is a divine warrior coming to coming to save us, coming to help us. So think about this for a second. We have the Old Testament. Everything's kind of leading up to this crescendo where we're promised this Messiah. And then the very first line of Mark, we hear this is Jesus Christ, the son of God. So it's beautiful. Okay, so all that background. Now, what do we have with Bartimaeus? I love what you said there about communications, because what can sometimes happen 
and I don't know if some of our listeners have felt this before. I know I certainly have is we get into a job and then all of a sudden we have 30 other jobs we've been given and we're wearing all these hats and we're stressed out and we can't possibly make it all work. And sometimes it feels like it's the blind leading the blind, right? Sometimes it just feels like this is such a mess. What could we possibly do to fix this situation? And here Bartimaeus, I think, gives us a good blueprint because, you know, think about this. I mean, he's a blind man, right? So he can't see, but he hears Jesus's voice and he calls out to Jesus and he's persistent in it. The crowd is telling him to be quiet. He's persistent. He wants to see. He wants to be able to see, even though, interestingly enough, he sees better than the disciples at this point. The disciples mm -hmm. at this point don't really understand who Jesus is and Bartimaeus does. So if we're talking about spiritual vision, um, Bartimaeus has this spiritual vision that the apostles really don't have at this point, right? But he's persistent, he's persistent, and then all of a sudden Jesus says, call him to me, and he throws off his cloak, which is significant, it's important, because this cloak, this garment would have been, I mean, if you think about somebody who's homeless, have like a, you know, a big, big coat mm -hmm. to keep them warm, that's what this would have been. So to throw this off is essentially to say, I have nothing left runs to Jesus, and Jesus asks him this question. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? This same question is asked to uh, James and John a couple verses before this. And James and John ask for prestige, power. So again, the apostles really aren't getting it yet. And then it's asked to Bartimaeus, and Bartimaeus says, I want sight. I want to see, right? And of course, Jesus already knew this, but he wants to hear it from Bartimaeus. What is it that I can do for you? What is it that I can give for you? So how do we tie all this into our communications? Sometimes we're out there. It's like the blind leading the blind. It's like we have no idea where we're going, what we're doing, how to interact with any of the things that we need to interact with, how to do our jobs. And at the end of the day, it's just like we need to take off our cloak. We need to get rid of the things that are weighing us down. We need to run to Jesus, trust him, trust his voice, and allow him to lead us in where we need to go. Beautiful. Oh, indeed, this is, I believe, a powerful example of perseverance and hope. Don't you think, Tommy? Yeah, perseverance and hope. How many of us have been there in our job where it's like, we just got to get through this next day, sometimes this next hour, sometimes this next minute. Oh, and here's this man who's sitting there, and this has been his whole life. You know, he's just wondering... When am I going to be healed? When am I going to be made new? And he persevered. He persevered through it. And that brings such immense hope. I mean, it's like what I was talking about with the Old and the New Testament. So the last book of the New Testament is Malachi. And it ends with this kind of these prophetic words that are basically warning the Jewish people of their shortcomings because they're still failing time and time and time and time again. And so it's this prophetic word that's warning them of their shortcomings and telling them to put the Lord first in their heart. Then fast forward to the New Testament here with the gospel. And what do we have right at the beginning of Mark? Jesus Christ is the son of God. Here, this is right from Mark 1.1. We hear it starts with the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the son of God. So this good news that it mentions here, that's basically the word for gospel. Um, gospel is a Greek word, evangelion, which essentially means like joyful messenger or someone who mm -hmm. brings the good news. So when it says here, 
in Mark 1, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, it's essentially saying the beginning of people preaching to you the good news that you've been waiting for ever since like the beginning, ever since especially the time of the Exodus and all the stuff that happened throughout the Old Testament. Here it is. And then we hear about John the Baptist proclaiming the good news and all of this stuff unfolds. But man, if that doesn't give you hope, put yourself in the mindset of the Jewish people, right? They've they, absolutely throughout the whole Old Testament, they're waiting for this Messiah. And now all of a sudden, this Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Boom. It's hope. It's absolutely hope. And now if you think about it, it's where hope is being conveyed through authentic story, triumph, personal testimonials, emphasizing positive impact on community engagement, which I think is how we can translate this over to our communicators on how we can weave scripture into, going back to those parallels of how we can take those examples and find hope. We may fail the first time, the second time, the third time, but we still got to get up and continue to communicate, to continue to find a way on how to inspire people to live their faith every day. Yeah, and it's interesting because this story is really told from the perspective of like a testimony almost, where it's, you know, it's Bartimaeus, it's really his story of conversion. And I think about this a lot. Oh, people can have all the theology degrees possible and they can know everything about God. But at the end of the day, especially in today's world, that doesn't really work because we're not really in a deductive world anymore where proofs for God, maybe as they were in the time of Aquinas or this or that. Really what works today is personal experience, right? And so I think for all of us as pair staff members, the thing to think about is what is my conversion moment with God? Maybe there's several of them. What is my testimony? And am I ready to give that story? Because that story, especially through communications, you know, don't be afraid to mm -hmm. give either your testimony or other people's testimonies is also really good. Weave this into your communications because it's real. It's true. It's good. It's beautiful. And it, it works better today for people to hear, you know, well, how do you know God exists? Well, let me tell you the five proofs of Aquinas. It doesn't really work as much today. Well, how do you know God exists? I talked to him today. I have a relationship with him. That works a lot better. And I also think that the, the realities that we're also facing our surroundings, our reality with technology, with information, you know, there's that immediate gratification for things that we always, we want to feel it, touch it. We want to see it in front of us in order for us to believe, you know what I mean? And then we go back to this idea of hope and faith. We have faith that God is there. God is always going to be there for us to carry us through, through, through anything, any battle that we may be encountering in our lives. So this idea of communication for me uh, from the perspective of how we go in every day to inspire people, to give hope, to persevere to the challenges that come with communicating with others and inspire them to live a life of faith. So it's definitely challenging. I think the other part that I want to bring into this episode for our listeners, and I think Beth, you can speak to this a little bit more, is the authenticity that comes with I think people want real, going back to that real, their surroundings and everything that we're surrounded by. Authenticity, I think, is the cornerstone of hope, don't you think? I do think. It, it goes back to when Jesus said in that passage, what do you want me to do for you? He's being sincere. He's saying, ask your question and I'll give you an answer. 
he's leading by example. God sent his son to meet us on our level as a human. He's showing us what he can do for us, and he's asking for us to lead by example. So the question that we should ask God is, what is it I can do for you? In your prayer life, if you meet him on his level, you can lead by that example the same way that he has shown he can do for us. Now, with this in mind, uh, let's transition to practical tips for our list. Can you give us ways on how we can incorporate hope into communication? It would probably be, going back to what you said, the story of your testimony. If you're leading by example and sharing your role as a communicator with the church, be authentic about your story. Reach your listeners where they're at. Don't be afraid to get personal because those are the type of stories that's going to draw people. It's not going to be like hand and response to like a feast day, but it would be like something like how has, how have you celebrated the upcoming feast day in the past? And how would you recommend people celebrate going forward? Let them know where you're at so you can gather people on a real, on a personal. You have this gift, by the way, Beth, of providing us easy steps to follow. So I did prepare for this. I was like, okay, if Beth is always going to do it, I may have my own. Three things that I think are helpful for our listeners to take away. One was highlighting triumphs. And this is stories from individuals, groups that how they've overcome challenges, something to what Beth just alluded to in a way, as far as the authenticity of someone's journey. Uh, use positive language could be the other one. We know that if using positive messages or words and phrases can inspire other people to live a Catholic life. Sometimes we get so bogged down with the words and how we should say this and we get Sometimes we end up writing a whole story about it. And all you have to do is just one sentence could communicate that message by using, using a positive language. And then the third one that I have was provide actionable steps. I know I myself, I'm guilty of this. It's I create this beautiful inspirational message, either it be to inspire people to listen to our podcast or anything else that I do in my life, but that I forget to provide an actionable step on how our listeners can take action in our scenario here and thinking to our topic is how can they bring hope into other people's lives or maybe their own lives? Yeah, I like those. I think that's a good kind of path. Um, highlighting triumphs, especially we forget to put the good stuff in the bulletin on the website. You know, we have a huge event and we're like, oh, thank goodness we got through that event. And then we forget to say how good it was, you know, so then people don't know. And next year, you know, the event comes back up and they're like, oh, I wonder if that was any good, you know. Um, and I would also add to those three. I think those three are a really good starting point. I would also add, and this might be something that talk about actionable steps. This might be something you can accomplish like very quickly, maybe even tomorrow at your parish. One of those steps being shake it up, make your communications different, because what tends to happen is we get this highway hypnosis where we're like, you know, we're driving down the road and we get to work and all of a sudden we're like, did I just did I drive for the past half hour? We get this highway hypnosis with marketing sometimes, at least I think parishioners do. I know I do where it's like and we get this even with the mass. We go into mass and all of a sudden it's the end of mass. And we're like, do we even sit through the mass? I don't remember the homily. I don't remember the gospel. 
It's like, shake it up. Don't be afraid to shake it up. I like to do when I do announcements, I get up there and I go, hey, everybody. And I start really loud so that it kind of goes, whoa, what, what? Because they're used to just like boring announcements, you know? I like that. Shake it up. I may have to use that for our next one. (laughs) Now, Beth, can we explore how we can effectively share hope-filled messages with our communities? If we were to be talking to a communicator or bulletin editor or webmaster today. There's so many ways that you can communicate to your parish. Some people go the printed route. Some people go the online route. You have the social media people where they get everything from um, an at sign. There's definitely a quick and easy way. My favorite way to get people engaged is posting pictures of your parishioners because there's nothing that grabs your attention more face. And that it being the face of somebody, that's like the easiest way to draw people in and to make it personable to be like, oh, well, I want show up next time because I want my really cute kids to be on, you know, their social media because they're adorable and they spread the good message. That is just one of the easiest ways to get a hopeful message across. If you're doing workshops, you know, we have the full virtual online communication method. Uh, This is an easy way to draw people in. Normally would take the time to drive to church and show up at an event. Virtual workshops are a great way of getting quick message across. Uh, And then community partnerships, putting your church up on a sign or sponsoring things around community. It's a great way to get people in and talking and saying, hey, they engage and and this is a way to get a message out to the community where people that don't go to church, they see that Mm -hmm. through that partnership. That's a a great idea there, that tip of partnership with your local community. I've seen it here in our diocese that parishes collaborate with other parishes. So if you have a parish that is not too far from each other, in a way they share the community. And as we get closer to the fall time of the year, how can we incorporate community, but not just our community, but how can we bring, how can we connect with other parishes nearby? I always like to tell people, Oh, think about a uh, sprinkler in your lawn. Um, think about a sprinkler, how it has all the different holes that the water can go through, right? If you start plugging up those holes or if they get clogged or whatever, then all of a sudden you're only watering part of your lawn. But if you're obviously sprinkler is working well, then it's watering the whole lawn. And it's kind of the same with communications is I always recommend you use as much as you can, but use it well. So don't just sign up for stuff and not use it. But use as much as you can, because the more you use, the more you're watering your lawn, the more people you're reaching. Your reach is bigger if you're on social media and you have a bulletin and you're on an app and you're on a website and all of this other stuff. Your reach is bigger, just like that sprinkler reach would be bigger. And going back to that sprinkler analogy, you're if you think about a sprinkler, you're touching lives along the way. That may not be ready or receptive to it, but they're seeing that you're consistently, you're persevering in your message to them about our faith and about how we can connect with Christ in a different level. So yeah, it's sprinkling the good news to him and who doesn't love sprinkles. So (laughs) I love sprinkles. (laughs) All right. Well, as we wrap up our first episode of connecting faith, empowering Catholic communicators, I want to express my gratitude to both Tommy and Beth for sharing their wisdom and insights with us today. 
In our exploration of Mark 10, 4652, we've uncovered a rich tapestry of persistence, authenticity, transformation, and the power of breaking barriers, all essential components of powerful communication. So stay tuned for our next episode where we'll journey into the theme of gratitude and giving. Until then, remember that in the tapestry of communication, threads of hope, we can weave a narrative that touches hearts and uplifts souls. To our listeners, stay tuned. On behalf of Diocesan, God bless. Thank you for listening. And if you like more Catholic Life every day, please subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.